0: So today we'll start with this part, how recruiting and quality franchise uh, partner, which is very important part of a a franchise journey. I feel a lot of people come to me and say, I want to have a very aggressive rollout. And I tell them rather than a very aggressive rollout, set your foundation right. Get your first three or four right franchise, because if you get the first three or four right franchise in place and you handpick them, get them the right kind of quality, make sure that they really understand and work and perform, that would set your foundation for franchising. If you have the first three or four quality franchises with you, uh, you would have difficult times or good times and difficult times in the network, but you will never go wrong because you have the foundation right. And that's very, very important. Any good franchise system I've witnessed would have the early franchises very strong with them, And that's something which is a very, very important part. So selection of a quality franchisee is single most differentiator in making a franchise system work. I'll again repeat, this is a big belief Franchise India has that selection of a quality franchisee is a single most differentiator in making your franchise system work now a uh, lot of times we see that when you just get on to recruiting franchisee without understanding who you're recruiting you might get franchisees who are poorly operated you might have franchisee and this the second part is very common very very common that franchisee may be undercapitalized a lot of times we see people take a franchise and they don't have enough capital to run and operate their business i would never grant a franchise if i don't see somebody having at least six months to one year of working capital. And sometimes they don't give you the facts. The franchisees, especially in India, don't give you facts. They would overestimate their capability to raise money, but they don't have sometimes. Uh, In this period, I would particularly be very clear that if you want to grant anybody a franchise, make sure they have at least one year of working capital, then only do that. Because most businesses, almost about 75% of businesses which fail, fail not because there was not a strong intent, or hard work, or business model was not right, or anything else. They were undercapitalized. They never had enough money to sustain and build that business. That's very, very important. Uh, sometimes franchisees estimate that they would start the free business and and the next month itself uh, they would become profitable, and they would be start paying off their all the costs which they are running in. And no business can be profitable in the first month. You can be lucky that your cash flows are good, especially if you are in a trading or a retail kind of businesses. And some businesses take a lot of gestation time, a lot of gestation time. Some businesses like healthcare can take up to two years before it starts showing up some results. So two year patience you need to have in your business to build it up. And now that patience, sometimes a lot of uh, uh, entrepreneurs don't have that. And especially young entrepreneurs who are getting into business firsthand, they have overestimation about what they can do out of the business. So very, very carefully uh, see that they are very well capitalized. Normally ask a source of capital, where the capital is going to come from, how much they have put for money aside for a working capital. It is available in liquid or they are going to use or dispose of some asset. Uh, sometimes people have a backup plan, but they normally would think that they would have an asset which they would be And assets don't are not ready liquid cash and sometimes they take time and they do not able to do that and the businesses collapse. So see what kind of a cash availability is there. Franchisee may not be like to work, get involved in the work. Now, these are what I call the absentee franchises. Now, absentee franchisees means that they they don't come to their own business. Absolutely, in some particular categories, that's not good. That's not advised. Rather, I would say for all franchisee-owned, franchisee-operated businesses, a franchisee has to be involved completely in the business. And especially if the business uh, is is having a strong operational capability required, uh, like a food or any other... Uh, service kind of a businesses a franchisee has to be involved rather ask the difficult question that how many hours you're going to put in the business and especially the first six to eight months and uh, and who's your next person available in the organization which is going to be putting the same time of uh, uh, time and structure that's very very important uh, for you to uh, really understand then let's get on to franchisee might not be compatible for the business that's also happens you know sometimes a great franchisee good hard working everything is fine but is not compatible to this business you know we found people are have different personalities and they they don't sometimes match with certain kind of businesses so that's very also very very important uh, satisfied franchisee is your best salesperson i have never found a, a great franchise organization which would be uh, able to sell franchisee without having successful uh, franchisees with them once you have a successful franchisees with you They are your best salespeople. They are the best people to get you more franchises. That's a given son. Happy franchises obviously generate uh, repeat sales. And a lot of good franchise organizations would have multi-unit franchises. Actually, they have the same franchises who start taking uh, multi-units from there. Okay, now let's get into the next slide. What is the four fits? This is something which Franchise India always uses, uh, the four fit uh, to really uh, evaluate any franchise. We call it the strategic fit, operational fit, marketing fit and financial fit. All four are very important. When I will sit in the interview with the franchisee, I will put these four fits and uh, one fit out of that or two fits out of that might be critical fits. Like for example, if it was uh, something which needs somebody's specific experience, like healthcare, healthcare you need maybe a person coming from a a medical profession. Uh, He has some kind of experience. Then I will give full marks to the strategic fit. There has to be some strategic value outside just the capital, which is very important. It can also do with the location. Sometimes strategic fit also works very well because you have a very good strategic location which fits that business. But when it comes to something which needs a lot of operational capability, uh, like food, food is a classic example. A lot of people want to get into food franchising, but almost, uh, I would say the maximum failures I've seen is actually in food business. Why these failures happen? Because uh, uh, people don't know, they're not putting the kind of effort which is required to do that. The people think that food is easy, but it's one of the most complex uh, business models. You actually have to buy hundreds of things every single day to bring to your store, store to kitchen, do a prep, take customer orders, deliver them on time, then only this business really works. It's a very complex business in that sense, but needs a lot of strong operational capability. Uh, Fourth, third is the marketing fit. Some businesses need a lot of strong go-to-market capability. It's not easy to take them to market. There you need a good marketing fit. And then there is also what I call the financial fit. Financial fit is also very important in some businesses which have a long gestation cycle. Or they would need more capital to be ramped up. For example distribution based businesses when you start you might require a small money to start that distribution part as your distribution life cycle grows or you have bigger uh, distribution um, uh, marketplace you need to put more working capital and that's how it happens i replaced one of the franchisees of pepsico in delhi and it, it was done uh, confidentially because they felt that the the distributor or the franchise partner didn't have the capital to feed Uh, the market because it was all credit market you have to put the liquid in the market and coca-cola's counterpart was able to give to the last markets also but he was not able to give so we brought in a very large player who committed another 200 crores in the business so to bring that kind of fulfillment so sometimes you really have to see that uh, who you need at that stage so this is a normal uh, checklist we will prepare you know this checklist if you really see is divided into different uh, topics, different questions. And when you're sitting with a franchise, you need to start uh, ticking the questions, giving them rating on that. But if you see on the right side, I put weightages. weightages. In in some case, I would say if strategic was more important, I'll give strategic more weightage. I'll give 30% to strategic, 20% to this. And uh, I will again give financial a little more weightage. So I put 30% there and put 20% uh, for the marketing skills and if i score everybody on that and different questions which needs to be done and each question is very well defined and if i see that a franchise is still securing anything above 60 percent uh, on the marks then i would qualify the franchise see it's a very simple structure we we'll put four fits depending on what is the most critical fit give a more weightage create the questions on that start asking the right questions put kind of a rating to some kind of numbers. And once you're able to do that and you find the franchisee is still above 60%, then he is the right franchisee to do that. This is something which you should never miss. This is a very, very important uh, part of the uh, discussion. Sustainability of a franchise system. This is a very important part. How do you make franchise system sustainable? And this is something which we have seen. We've seen a lot of business, franchise businesses gone into the business and a lot of them collapsing because they don't have these points. So first point is your product itself. When you are getting into franchising, you need to really see what are you offering to the customer? How compelling your product is? What kind of differentiator you are bringing in? This is very important because the entire market is shift market. You're shifting a customer which is consuming somewhere, something, and should be converted to you or to your franchisee. Unless and until your product has a strong differentiator, it would not work. So first ask yourself, what is the differentiator you are bringing in the product? It can be your offering, it can be your price points, it can be anything. It can be your last mile user experience. But there is a clear cut uh, uh, differentiation, some kind of a... And if you have something which is proprietary, something which you have uh, yourself, then it is even better. I see a lot of me too concepts coming in and that's why they're not able to survive because they don't have any kind of a, a strong differentiator. Whenever they open up a franchisee, uh, franchise struggles because franchise is not able to get the right customers coming to them because they are not able to shift from the other competition which is available in this micro market. And this is something which is very important. Sometimes only success would not be really uh, good enough. A lot of uh, uh, companies which have legacy brands say, I was in uh, Karol Bagh and a very, very successful Saudi store. And if I thought that I can be franchised, answer is wrong because you might have started this store and you were in Bagh, which is a very old market. And over the years, people knew in that market, you build your own customer base. Doesn't mean that when you open up the same place in Hyderabad, you'll be successful. And we've seen this with, with a lot of companies failing down because they had nothing they had, which was a great differentiator. Uh, so say one has to really ask, what is the differentiator you have in, in when you take your product to the market? Second, is your prototype, how well-defined your prototype is and how profitable it is. And take the elements of what I call the vintage brand and other things, unique location, all that things which are very special to that particular location, if I take that out and I still feel the business is going to be sustainable, then your prototype is right. A lot of companies do alpha beta. They normally would do one one place uh, prime, which is home market, which is very strong for them. And they take another experiment market and try there also. Because if they feel that these two are done well, then only it is uh, important. Like for Lions, when they launched their gas stations, it was a great program because of a subsidy issue got failed and now they're again ramping up. They launched two gas stations initially. One opened up in Jamnagar. And in Jamnagar, you open up anything for Lions, it would do very well. Second, they open up on a highway at Patiala Road uh, where they had no... Uh, uh, structure, then they wanted to check on the truckers, why would truckers come to our alliance protocol. So they did a lot of testing before they start getting into different markets. So they picked up four or five different unique markets to test their business before they can really launch that. And this is something which I like about Reliance. They're very, very particular about uh, doing a lot of their prototyping before they would able to make a, a decision to do that. Third is your margins, how your margins are there. You know, if you do, do you have enough margins to share with your franchisee? Sometimes companies are super tight and especially Indian businesses I've seen are very, very tight businesses. They don't have margins to share with the franchisee. So see how you want to really first address that part because how much margin you have for making the viability of the business for you, for a franchisee and for a customer so that able to see a value in your business or product. Fourth is capitalization of the system itself. You and the franchisee has to be capitalized. So as a brand owner also, I normally would say, keep enough cash to support your business. It's very important because if you don't have cash to support your own network, uh, you will get into a problem. A lot of franchisers also are undercapitalized. So it's not bad if you are undercapitalized, first raise some capital before you start even franchising because you are able to really, while franchising is also part of raising capital, but you need to still have enough capital to support uh, your franchise, you should have the right team, right operations, right structure, right marketing launches, everything, your technology, your, your social medias, everything has to be in place before you get into franchising. Fifth is, this is an investment in relationship. You need to be committed and it's very tiring. I know people who have run their own organization. It's very uh, autocratic way of doing business, which means that you give instructions to everybody and they just work on your instructions. But when you shift into a franchise organization, It's a relationship. It's a relationship. It's like one managing director managing a lot of managing directors, you know, so it's owner to owner relationship. Uh, so it has a very different way of thinking, Uh, and you have to move from what I call the in the business. Normally we are in the business, we are doing instructions and making the business. We have to move from in the business to on the business. That's a mindset difference. And that mindset difference is very important. And sometimes I've seen a lot of brand owners when they are running their own business also, Say I was a restauranter and I was running four of my own restaurant and I start franchising. So 90% of my time really goes into buying four restaurants because I see I have invested there. I need to take care of that business and I want to make sure that every restaurant is profitable. And I put a very little time, very little time on my franchise business. And my franchise business is also running somebody's investment. So I always would say detach yourself from your own business. Treat your own outlets also like a franchise outlet then only your network would grow very well. So you need to understand how you, this has to be a change of mindset itself. Uh, then only you will be able to do that. Sixth is innovation. You need to constantly put innovation at all levels in your business. Unless and until you take a, what I call approach of incremental growth. Every day, small growth. Small growth, small process improvement, small product improvement. If that innovation becomes part of your organizational cycle, then only your franchisee would become, uh, your franchise network would stay relevant. Otherwise, at a certain stage, it would not be relevant and will go out of business. Seventh is reinventing the business model. This is also very important. Now the cycles of reinvention have become shorter. So two to three years, you need to reinvent. You need to reinvent. And that's something which is very important. I'll give you a classic example. One of the companies which has been a super disaster in franchising, one of one time, it was the most successful franchise business, including in India. One of the most successful franchise. And in one year itself, the entire company backed up globally, globally, not only India. So there was a company which used to advise, we used to advise called Kodak. Kodak used to be the film processing company. you know. So they make this film uh, when you go to a process. They used to have this 80 lakh machine, big machine, uh, photo processing studios. This was available all over India as a franchise very successful business model uh, all the time you go there some of the franchises would run 24 hours shifts to cover that because uh, in the day they would do the retail business in the evening a lot of photographers from other parts would come and get their processed and even if you are on a season time like you're in marriages and places like that your numbers would go even more and you're selling high ticket processing and so on very successful business it used to cost you about one crore 80 lakh was only the machine there which was a photo uh, processing machine. Now, they already knew in late 90s that the world is changing to digital. And they were doing this old form of uh, uh, photograph processing. Because they invested so big and their franchises have put this one crore each, they never wanted to shift. They stick there as a company. They already know that everybody is changing. The cameras have become digital. Everything is future is digital. Smartphones are coming. Everything is going to come. Uh, so they really thought that they're in the business of making machines, but they were in the business of imaging. They were in the f- business of photography. If they would have really thought and what happened, there was another company which I advised and I'm very proud that I built the model first time for them globally was Hewitt Packard, which is HP, a large uh, uh, IT giant. In 2005, I worked with them and advised them to create a photo studio franchise. Now the photo studio franchise was just by an HP computer take a small printer and uh, different medias. If you are printing on different textures, uh, different kinds of papers were available and you can process that. And this can be a small studio outside a high court where you can do a passport size pictures or a passport office or somewhere like that. So small studios can be done where people can come to as basic work to create an ID card, to get their passport size photograph or basic entire thing. Or they can come with a family uh, uh, vacation pictures and bring their camera. We plug the camera, take the pictures, print it out all and give it to everybody. And you can buy some frames and other things from the time. Now this franchise of HP was costing total two lakh rupees and Kodak was one crore. This company, HP went to making 1500 franchises in three years and Kodak closed the business. They closed the business, the company went into bankruptcy. World over, the business is shut and finished. Now, if Kodak would have thought that we are in actually in business imaging, they would have still be relevant and they would be still strong. So one has to really understand that when are you going to reinvent your business model? So eighth point is training, uh, invest into your training. Ninth is building a quality franchising network. You need to really have a long-term growth plan uh, with every single franchisee. Define very clear roles, uh, roles between your organization uh, very clear uh, processes in your team. Every process should be a process leader in your organization. Franchisee doesn't like to deal, deal with different departments and different people in different departments. It gets so tiring for a franchisee. So if I tell to a franchisee that look in my marketing department, for this, you go to this person, go to this person, another. If you tell this is a one process, marketing is one process, anything to do with marketing, reach out to this one person. That's how franchisees like working on that. And that's why some franchises find it difficult to work with large organizations because they look very overwhelming and they don't sport. versus sometimes the small firms are more proactive and they're very clearly defined. Choosing the right location also is a very important aspect and you need to have a very strong team. Franchising needs a very small, maybe, but very strong and in-depth team because uh, it's not about really making a large organization. It is about creating the right nucleus And I've done this for many companies, creating a right kind of nucleus uh, before they start getting into franchise. So this is about uh, how do you really create a mindset of collaboration with your franchise network? Because it's very important that franchisee is an integral partner. i rather call the early stage three or four franchisees as your co-founders. They're your co-founders. A Lot of great ideas come from them. Actually, all the ideas, if you really see from all evolved companies, actually have come from franchise. If you create a situation that you are asking a lot of questions to your franchisees, you have ability to audit their operations, to understand what customer is looking at, you will get into a constant innovation. And you will be also able to put what I call a collaborative approach uh, towards a business rather than very top-down approach uh, that giving instructions to your yeah. franchise network. Now this is a very important chart. This is what I normally explain even largest of the corporates. A lot of corporates come to me and say, look, uh, we have a lot of dissatisfied franchisees." and I will draw this graph and show it to them why they have this dissatisfaction in the, in the franchise network. Now, if you see this is a, on one side, I've put an axis and excitement of a franchisee and, uh, and I've put the, the leaner axis on the time he spends on the network. The most excited person is when he signs a a letter of intent or an agreement. The day he really commits himself, the day he commits that, okay, I'm going with this franchisee, he's the most excited, most excited at the top of the map. Now he signed that and he doesn't know what is going to happen next. And then he waits for one week. And after one week, he calls the company and says, look, I paid the money and I want to start. What is the next step? And every time he's asking questions, you know, he's asking questions, he's asking help, he's asking entirely by the time he's really ready to start the franchise, actually, the day he opens his franchise, he's already come down to lowest of his excitement level. He's tired and he's been struggling to get his franchise business up and running, but now it is a business. He's already invested. He starts off now the business as he expected, never takes off. Uh, No business takes off from the Excel sheet you design. Sometimes it has difficulty. So he actually gets into a negative excitement level. If he goes even bottom. And at that stage, he's already reached at a point that he feels frustrated and he feels that a franchisor is not going to give me anything. Then he starts thinking that, look, I've already invested. Now this is my business. They don't give it or it doesn't happen. Let me start building my own business myself. And he starts pulling up back again. Slowly, 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 slowly. But he comes back to his excitement level because his business is now doing well but he doesn't give credit to the franchisor. He feels that it was all because of him uh, or her, not because of the franchiser. How do you keep the excitement at the top consistent? Which means that you need to become very proactive. You need to very clearly define your pre-launch capability. What kind of pre-launch? The day you sign, a letter comes to a franchisee and say, welcome letter, this is da-da-da-da-da, this is the people going to work with you. Next day, it gets a checklist and say, this is a checklist, this is a 21 check day checklist, and we'll work every single day with you. And next day it comes on say, you are invited for a great pre-launch training, which we want to give you three days. we want to give you our culture, our understanding. Then next day, so every track, and then you come uh, on the launch, there is a specified launch strategy. Then you are getting into what I call post-launch strategy. Then you're handholding and taking maintaining the franchise cycle. I call the three stages dependent, interdependent and independent stage. So this is something which we design for organizations. This is very important aspect, sometimes ignored, but these are very, very important to keep your excitement and keep your franchises happy with the system. Now, these are some of cycles of franchise relationship. You, you can take all the pictures if you want, otherwise available on the on the internet. Uh, so franchise relationship, I would put these a uh, lot of uh, uh, blocks around it. Encourage quarterly franchise meet. As transparent you are with the franchisee, more it will give you value. Second, don't create organizational confused structures. Create a very clearly a nuclear structure. Third, effective local store marketing. franchisee doesn't want this big boy uh, marketing uh, strategies. They want what is happening for my business, my location. So create a very strong local marketing. Fourth is... Encourage and build some aspiration in your brand. So it gives you a partner pride. Why have taken this brand? I need to be not for just money, but I should enjoy being partner of your company. A lot of times it looks like the brand is not mine. It belongs to somebody else. And I'm just part of it. How do you really create that partnership uh, meaningful that your franchisee also starts enjoying? Because the brand is now shared. It is neither yours, neither the franchisee completely. It is shared. It is a shared brand. Right? I'm not talking about the ownership of the brand, but it is brand is now shared by the structure of agreement. So every franchisee should also enjoy being part of that brand. Effective reporting structure, but no policing. You, know, you don't like to be uh, policing around. You go and find out what the franchisee would go and cheat you around and continue to see that and people follow them on Facebook and do that. That's not good. That's not healthy. Even if you found something, go and reasonably question that. Create an uh, argument of... Uh, create a... Uh, active discussion points so that everything can be done. Sometimes in ignorance, few things are done, which is not good. Like for example, I sold one franchisee and, and one franchisee sends me a card. Uh, it was a company which I sold in Bihar and he sent me uh, a card, which had big logo of his and a very small logo of that franchisee he bought. So I asked him, I said, why have you made card like this? He says, no, but this is my brand, which I always wanted to highlight. And this is a brand which I've taken a franchise. I objected to him. I said, look, the day you start thinking this is not your brand and you're bringing this entire thing, it will never be your brand. And this is not a good reflection. Even your franchisor is not telling you this, but this is not a good reflection. You should really start enjoying it now because you bought this brand. If you really wanted to have your brand, why you took the franchise? Why you took the franchise in the first place? So a lot of times people, are not into the business. So you need to really see how you build that uh, excitement for them, create transparency, and always keep human connect. One rule I learned from one of the largest franchise companies I worked with was called AppTech. And I met the AppTech CEO and say, you have 3,000. One time you had 3,000 franchises. I said, 3,000 franchises, how do you keep the relationship going? And at your level, as a leadership level, as a CEO, how do you do that? And he gave me a simple answer and I said, when I come to office, Gaurav, I have my assistant ready with four or five birthdays, which I would have on every single day. You know, because I have so many franchisees, so somebody would have a birthday every single day. So it exactly takes me not more than 20, 25 minutes. I pick up phone and say, I am such and such, happy birthday and keep the phone down. Look at the relationship. Now this franchisee out of 3000 gets a call in the morning, first thing in the morning from a CEO of a large company you are a small-time franchisee, you've only seen his pictures, and he calls you direct and say, happy birthday, and, and that's a human connect. That's what is more powerful to these very big strategies or white papers or something you will create, and this is something which great leaders would do. They are very clear to connect and touch people and able to do that. So developing an effective rollout plan. Again, I will bring the four fits. I will always use this four fits for everything. Do a strategic. Which cities you want to go? The markets penetration uh, in uh, the uh, you know city profile. Then do operational fit. Very importantly, if I choose that city, can I operationally support that city? Then I will get into what I call uh, marketing fit. Marketing is also clustered in India. Not even a single place now. Even digital is very geo Everything you can really pinpoint and say focus on that. So more you are in a cluster, more you are in a one single cluster, more your marketing density. Would become bigger. And finally, financially uh, uh, fit, which means that any location you select, it needs to create a certain amount of yield, and you need to see that it is right. Always use these four fits, even to approve or disapprove your franchisee or the location they are coming from. Always uh, look at a cluster approach. I would always say cluster approach is the right. Better is like one of the companies we did work with is a salon out of uh, Chennai called Naturals. And uh, they had almost about 250 salon only in Chennai. Only in Chennai. So they become powerhouse in that market, right? So, and deeper penetration in that market. So they have a strong market share. And also value of a business is always built when you create entry barrier. So create an, a strong entry barrier. So I will say deeper penetration, strong entry barrier, and follow the leader. Which means that whenever you are in confused where you should open up, always find who's your best competition, open next to it uh, because you actually expand the market. Uh, some people just try to go and create their own innovation and find out which location I should go. Never do that. Find out the top player in that category, just open next to it. You will expand the market and you will get your share of marketplace. These are two aspects of going in the market. When people say which market I should go, I would say either choose the leader. If there is a leader in your category where they have gone in, just follow that. Like one of the companies was slimming company and uh, they approached me and said, where should we open up? I said, let's find our top 100 locations for VLCC and let's open up next to it. Our program is better than VLCC today uh, because we have better technology looking at what VLCC, but VLCC is already built a slimming marketplace and they have a good audience available there. We open up next to it and I will be successful. So, we always used to take the neighborhood where VLCC was there and go out and do this. This I have done it for many companies in path labs and diagnostic places, pharmacies. Always follow the leader. That's a good opportunity to do And follow the leader is actually done by the biggest company called Samsung. Samsung is uh, known to be saying of what I call the power of second. The power of second is where you follow a particular leader and you're not the first of that. So Nokia was number one, Samsung was second. Apple is number one, Samsung is second. From a brand viewpoint, market share-wise, they are even higher than uh, Apple uh, in a market share. Then identify gaps also. You can identify some gaps uh, also. You can work on that. So another uh, factor to analyze is population, demographics, and competition. So initial days when you start franchising, your acquisition cost would be higher. You will get into much higher acquisition cost. And as your franchisee and your brand start becoming popular, your acquisition cost would come down. A lot of uh, lead generation platforms you can use, a lot of print, electronic, web, uh, and various listings. And obviously, you can use a good consulting firm, uh, which can do that. Franchising has a fully integrated consulting structure from helping you to consult and build your franchise model and also to get that. But multiple other things. Now, today, 75% of all leads are from digital digital has become the biggest source for franchise leads. Again, once I've done that, uh, I will put the marketing in order. I will know what kind of leads I'm generating, what is the profile of leads, then I will do lead generation capabilities, lead management, uh, how every lead is done. And actually, if you really see, a lot of people put too much of focus on marketing and recruitment, but they don't put focus on lead management. And one of the areas which Franchise India has championed is actually the lead management. And I, I feel, Recruitment, too many people really focus too much on that because they feel that that's what needs to be done, or they would focus too much on marketing, but they don't focus on the lead management part of it. So this is a cycle which we will advise if you want to really get 100 franchises, you need to see that you have 20,000 hits, you'll get down to 2,000 good quality leads, 1,000 odd expression of interest forms, and 200 uh, letter of interest, and finally 100 franchises. If this funnel is not happening, this is a typical sales funnel. Everybody in sales would understand that. Uh, but if you don't have that, and you're not looking at every level and you're not seeing conversion ratios, every day, you conversion, maybe you have good leads, but your conversion ratio to expression of interest is very poor. You have ex- good expression of interest. From there, LOI is not converting well. So you can fix that department of yours and get to the next uh, uh, level. This I will run quickly fast because we are running out of time. Uh, so, uh, this is about really <clears throat> uh, a lot of questions you need to ask the franchisees on different uh, locations. So, this I can share a profi- uh, mail with you. We have uh, maybe 100 odd questions we have made uh, within uh, uh, our system where we ask uh, franchisees. This should never be ignored. Can you see my slides? Yes, sir, we can. It says uh, resume share. Okay. So uh, <clears throat> a lot of questions you can ask, uh, uh, what is the location they're interested in? What kind of business they are, uh, why they're choosing this business? Will they be operator in the business or no? Uh, uh, you know, they, uh, why do you want to get into business itself at the first stage? So I don't want to run these questions. We can share this because in the interest of time, because I have a lot of slides to cover. And I would like to go a little faster on that. These are about 17 questions are listed, but you can have hundreds of questions depending on why a franchisee is interested to take that. Now, legal issues and their importance. That's very important. The franchise the relationship is a delicate balance between control and independence. You have to give enough control because the there is an entrepreneur who has to run and operate the business, but it also should have a strong interdepend- uh, independence and control. So you have to have a strong control, and you also have to give independence uh, to a franchisee to run and operate. Now, these are the reasons why franchisees fail. Twenty-five percent franchises fail because of external reasons. You know, regulatory things changed, uh, industry challenges came in, margins became very low, market conditions, inflation versus growth. A lot of external reasons, and like COVID, has now become another external reasons for franchises to fail. Twenty-five percent of franchises fail because of them, them uh, themselves, uh, because they have mismatch of expectation. They are unwilling to change. They are unwilling to learn. This is one of the big problems I see of franchisees. They are not necessarily ready to learn. Uh, They have poor location or they are not maintaining the right standards. But 50% of franchisees fail because of the franchisor himself, because franchisor has no systems. He has poor capitalization. He has over promises. He has inadequate marketing and doesn't have sync with his market trends. So we call the block theory. The block theory is B is business issue. If the business issue would happen, it will disturb the relationship. The business doesn't have smooth functioning. Your supply chain is broken, results are not happening. Things, anything which can disturb the business would disturb the relationship. L is location. If the location is not good, location issue happens, it reduces your profitability. O stands for operational issue. Some operational issue starts happening. It affects the brand. So company has to see that operation is seamless. And last is G, what I call growth issue. Sometimes you're doing okay, you're still making money, but you stagnate. And stagnant means anything which becomes stagnant in life would take away the excitement. And which means you're no more excited for that business. So how do you continue to address these four, which I call the block theory, business issue, location issue, operational issue, and growth issue? So franchisee, this is again uh, very important. The biggest conflict between a franchisor and a franchisee is the mismatch of expectation and obligation at both sides Uh, to execute a good drafted legal agreement. It needs both parties to understand, very carefully understand, uh, to understand that there must be some non-negotiable rules to the business. And few areas are flexible to give franchisee time to learn and improve. It doesn't say that franchisee can change. It says it gets time to learn and improve. You need to further, we have a contract law in India. It's an old British contract law. Under that law, our legal agreements work. Territory, governing laws, arbitration, exit, transfer of rights, franchise fees, royalties, all that has to be very clearly defined in the contract which you sign raising capital for franchisers there are many options today to raise capital you can go to a venture fund you can look at a uh, strategic capital marketing capital private equity a lot of merger and acquis- uh, acquisitions ipos so uh, at a different levels of a franchiser journey uh, there are different forms of capital which is available franchise india has a separate company called equity india which works in getting you venture fund or a strategic or even an mna opportunity a very big MA op- uh, a deal we have done we will announce in next 10 15 days a uh, very strong and very powerful deal just been executed by Franchise India. For a franchisee also, a lot of working capital uh, finance is available. Some banks are also started doing financing. A lot of franchisers are now tying up with NBFCs or credit companies to really organize the finance for the companies. Why franchisees fail? Uh, and a uh, lot of franchisees fail because of talent. Right talent, right talent development or talent acquisition uh, re- retention. But a lot of them fail because of uh, location uh, also. So if you see there are different sets of franchise failures, talent, excess of capital, fa- uh, right location to be finalized, and other avenues which are there. Uh, <clears throat> so these are three stages of failures we've seen in franchising. We've seen some failures with early stage companies which didn't have a right model. Like we did a company called MyGlam, a big cosmetic company. They started direct-to-home beauty service franchise technology-based, you go on an app, order a beautician, somebody comes and does a beauty. Now the model failed because you don't want to change every time a new beautician, you want the same beautician to come back again. So when the beautician would go to home, she will give her own number and say, next time, call me direct. I don't have to go to the app. I have to call this lady directly and she will come up because she did a good job. So the challenges of control really came in. So they failed. Growth stage, we have seen some companies did very well in one market, but they're not able to go like a Jumbo Wadapau, great company, but very strong in one market, Narjin in Bombay, but beyond Bombay, they were not able to do that because the concept didn't do well. And the mature companies like YoChina was a good brand and Multi Mahal. They all failed because uh, fatigue hit them. They were good for 10, 15 years. And after that, uh, people just got fatigued, the brand got fatigued. There was no innovation, nothing they did with strong brands like that and brands slowly, slowly collapsed. We have to understand. We are in India. We are very diverse as culture. We have very have very variations of different rentals and cost structures. In Delhi alone, there is a rental of eleven hundred rupees per square feet, and you can get a place for fifty rupees rental also. So fifty to eleven hundred in only one city deviation. Climate changes differently. Infrastructure available differently. Consumption patterns are very different. Sometimes some consumptions would happen. Sometimes some would not happen. You know, uh, like uh, Eid holidays were going on and then Hyderabad market would have a very strong retail uh, kind of capability. Some other markets would might not have. So you have to understand how these markets really behave. When puja would start in Eastern India, the Eastern India starts one month before Diwali season everywhere else, uh, one and a half month before. And entire sales actually happened that time. So you need to do differently approach uh, these different markets. So I'll pass on this. There are also big companies failed. I mean, McDonald's only failed in Caribbean uh, because of slow economy. Otherwise, most of the places they do. But Wendy's even if failed in India when they came in. Starbucks failed initially in St- uh, Australia. and uh, not able to understand the coffee culture and Australian culture. Australians like their own very personal coffee experience. Now they're very successful in that market. Uh, similarly, Subway, uh, uh, Crocs, Burger King also have found their own challenges in different markets. This is my last topic, most important aspect. This is a theory which I built, uh, and I strongly feel that this is something which uh, comes out of my uh, over 23 years of experience in franchising. This is a theory uh, being built by me, and I've shared it different forums uh, globally. And uh, very powerful uh, uh, piece. If you want to really understand deep down franchising, then this Picasso theory is very important. Picasso was actually a great artist. And I felt that uh, drawing your franchise model is like a big artist draw. You need to put everything in the right place and then only you get a perfect painting. So what does Picasso stand for? It stands for, P stands for proof of concept. You need to have a strong proof of concept. I stands for innovation. C stands for capital. A stands for adaptability. Your business needs adaptability to different markets. S stands for sustainability. S further stands for scalability and O brings in ownership of the franchisee in your systems. If you are able to put these all blocks together, these about seven blocks of Picasso theory, get a good proof of concept, get your innovation right, capitalize your brand, uh, get your adaptability for your product everywhere it can run, and create sustainable business model which continue to innovate and sustain, scalable business model which can grow and uh, uh, do big large numbers so that brand equity is built and give full marks to ownership of a franchisee now we call the imme theory which means identify initially good franchisees. first thing i started the presentation get good initial franchises mentor them well manage their capabilities build systems in that and then go out and multiply and expand everywhere in the market and last is as a ceo of a company when you are building your franchise organization you should be what i call the i ceo uh, if you are a brand owner you need to really think and do these four areas of investment one i stands for innovation differentiated offering what is the differentiation you want to bring in, in your franchise system which is outside the box second how do you continue to work in capitalizing your network not only yourself but also for your franchises that they're adequately capitalized. They should have strong cash flows uh, always available. Third, work on microeconomics factors of your business at a unit level, at a brand level. Microeconomics factors are very, very important and they keep changing the way our environments and businesses are diving. And fourth is build a strong organizational capability uh, through training and process development, process execution and so on and so forth.